everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I got a chance to interview special guest Yogi Aaron. Yogi is a professional yoga instructor and has been working with many clients for a very long time. What me and Aaron get into it for our podcast, we talk a lot about his journey, what got him into yoga, and his overall journey from working in New York to working now in Costa Rica, where he has been there for a couple years now. Aaron really opens up and is very open with his experiences. So if you guys are really interested into yoga, the ins and outs, the mental mindset that goes on with yoga, we really get in depth and with that as well. We also talk about relationships and how we're we're always learning through the people we're meeting, whether that is friends, family, romantic partners. We're always learning something through our relationships. So me and him really get into that as well. But you can check out all of Aaron's work by clicking in the links in the show description. If you guys ever take a trip to Costa Rica, definitely reach out to Aaron and he'll hook you up, uh, especially with some uh, yoga lessons. <laughs> But like always, guys, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. I know I have been posting less frequently, but I know within the next couple weeks, I'm going to start reamping and posting more podcasts. Just been busy, you know, with a lot of school and work and practicum and just all that stuff, you know, of growing and learning at the same time. But like always, guys, like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Yogi Aaron. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest all the way from Costa Rica, Yogi Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing today and what's going on? I'm doing really well, thanks. I, what's going on? I'm just hanging out. Um, I uh, went to the gym this morning, I've been working all afternoon, and now I'm talking to you and enjoying the beautiful sunset. So life couldn't be better. Oh man, sunsets, aren't they the best? And especially, I bet in Costa Rica, you know, those sunsets must be really beautiful out there. It is. And it's this time of year where like our, our kind of fall is a little bit different um, and the leaves are changing. And so the way the sun just hits, like the color of the leaves, is just like mine. It's mesmerizing. It's it's hypnotizing. So, yeah, life is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that sounds great. I, I will say maybe that's something where in the future I plan like a far trip or something to Costa Rica. Who knows? You know, um, I love to travel. So Costa Rica is going to be closer than you think. <laughs> definitely. definitely. <laughs> well, Aaron, I just want to say first, before we really get started with our podcast today, thank you for reaching out and wanting to come on to the podcast. It definitely means a lot. And just starting us off when it comes to just like my first question, when it comes to some things you're passionate about, Aaron, and tell me a little bit about like that, like the discovery of your passions. So one of the things I'm really passionate about, um, which I kind of mentioned to you earlier is yoga um, and just kind of like allowing or, or helping people to find out like the potential of what yoga can be. And it's for me, yoga 
in the practice, not like trying to put your foot behind your head, but the actual practice of yoga is this beautiful kind of journey that helps people to find out and actualize their purpose in life. Um, you know, there's so many, uh, there's so many people like Tony Robbins and different, you know, motivational speakers. And, and basically, if you kind of like distill a lot of what they are saying down to like the essence, it really comes from the yogic philosophy. And I've always been the kind of person that, um, while I value people like Tony Robbins and the work that he's doing a lot, um, I like to go to the source of it. And for me, the source comes a lot from like the yoga scriptures and teachings, which is like, like turn your attention inward and there you find all the answers. And uh, one of my friends who's a yoga teacher, um, we were talking the other day and just commenting on, on how as yoga teachers, um, there's such an addiction like with us to teaching yoga because when that light of recognition um, sparks in people, and you can see it. It's just visible, like a person's whole entire being just lights up when they when they have that spark of recognition and and hear, you know, purpose knocking at the door of their hearts. So that's what I'm really passionate about in a nutshell. <laughs> One thing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And uh, and Aaron, like I, I can definitely feel that passion as you're describing it. And one of the key things you mentioned in your answer is when you are working with people, you see like that passion or like once they figure it out, like you see that it's like a light switch, you know, and they're all of a sudden they're like really getting what you're teaching. And that just leads me just right to my next question. So when it comes to getting into yoga, like what led you down that path? You know, did you have like a mentor you looked up to or was it like, something you were very passionate about at a young age, like what led you into yoga? Uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up very religious, um, dogmatic religion. Um, and I'll just going to leave that at there. Uh, but as time went on, my mother became very kind of quote unquote new agey. Um, I told you I grew up in Vancouver and that's where, you know, the land of the, my mother would always say the nuts, fruits, and flakes end up. <laughs> you know, those granola eating people. And, um, and by the way, I make really good granola. Um, and so by the time I got, I was 18, 19, 20, I was really kind of like anti-spiritual at that point. I just wanted to live my life. I didn't really want to, you know, ask the big questions and, but I was also very athletic at that time. And I was probably like most people experiencing tightness in my muscles and thought that stretching was the answer. And that's what got me into yoga. I thought, well, I'll go to the gym to work out. I'll go to yoga to stretch. And I always thought like yoga will keep me healthy and mobile and, you know, and what was interesting, by the way, was shortly after that, I really injured my back. And I, you have to keep in mind, it was like 18 at this time. So that was kind of shocking to me. And it would really take about 25 years for me to figure out that the stretching and was kind of exacerbating issues in my body that I didn't understand uh, were there. But I got into yoga and as I got into yoga more and more, it just became more of a spiritual practice for me. Um, I uh, went to India. I've been to India like 10 times. I've studied with masters there. I've, um, you know, continued to study. I've had teachers that have really influenced my journey here. Um, and, and then, of course, that led me to opening up Blue Osa, which is my yoga retreat center in Costa Rica. Um, about five years ago now, so when I was around 45, I um, ended up in a surgeon's office, an orthopedic surgeon's office, who was telling me that he thought I might need a spinal fusion in my lower back. So my lower back had gotten so bad that there was a herniated disc that was pressing into the nerves and then shooting pain down my legs. And by the time I ended up in his office, I could barely walk. 
Um, and so that was kind of like a huge wake up call for me to kind of like go, maybe I'm doing something that isn't working. And I have to tell you, like, that was a big kind of moment that was really hard for my ego. So much of my identity was wrapped up in, you know, being this yoga person that could stretch and could do these amazing poses. And then here I was completely crippled by the time I turned 45. And as a side note, like I've seen a lot of other yoga teachers exactly like in that age range end up going to the hospital for knee replacement, for hip replacement, for shoulder surgery, you name it. Um, a lot of us yoga people are walking around bionic by the time we turn 50. <laughs> and that kind of like journey led me into asking the question, well, what should I be doing? And it took me down this road of muscle activation technique, which was created by a guy named Greg Roscoff, who's out of Denver. And it just basically kind of opened up my eyes to two things. One, I needed to stop stretching and stop teaching it. So really, since then, I haven't taught stretching or stretched in uh, five, six years. And the other thing was that this whole idea of muscle activation and that kind of like took me into answering this question. Well, how do we start to get people more activated in their bodies, like more um, that their that their muscle to improve their muscle function? Um, so that's kind of my story in a nutshell, which then led me to writing my book, uh, Stop Stretching. So whenever anybody asks me what kind of advice you've got for people, it's always stop stretching. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, Aaron, first, I just want to first say like, thank you for being so open and honest, you know, because in those moments, you know, especially moments where you mentioned like your ego was put into question, you know, because you spent so much time stretching and getting into yoga and doing some great poses to find out, you know, that physically, you know, your body was hurting was definitely like a big shot to the ego. So first, I just want to say thank you for being honest about it, because that can be a very hard self-reflection, you know, like, especially like putting our egos aside, because, you know, we put so much work, time and effort into something. And then for it to go into question, that can definitely be a big real, like, like you mentioned, that big realization moment. Um, so I just want to first say thank you for being honest with that. Cause I know that can be hard. I, for, as a side note, like I work as like a counselor with a lot of people and that's like the first step, you know, is just getting, pushing that ego aside and being honest with yourself. Um, so I just want to first just to give you credit for that. Um, but Aaron, like, I just wanted to just add, cause I know you mentioned, like advice when it comes to like stop stretching, but let's say like, cause I know you've been a teacher for so long. So let's say like you have like a, a new student, you know, just coming in, just learning the, the basics of yoga and stuff. What's some advice that you would really give to them uh, to just help them along their own journey through yoga and connecting more spiritually? That's a really loaded question. <laughs> of course. Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking like, I mean, there's so many things I could say right now about that. I mean, it, like I said, it's a huge question, but where my mind immediately went to is when I'm leading yoga teacher trainings at Blue Osa and um, we, you know, people are coming in and it's the very first day and I'm kind of, I guess, kind of setting the ground rules. I don't like using the word rules too much, but they are rules that really guidelines um, that we all agree to, to keep the safe space for everybody. Right. But the very first rule or guideline is accountability. And, you know, it's, it's not like we say, like, it's a truth. It's more like a cherished belief that we, that we take on that we're accountable for what shows up in our life. And we use what shows up in our life as a, as a reflection to kind of a learn from it, but also b to choose how we're going to react. And, you know, as we begin any kind of spiritual practice, and I lump a lot of things into this term spiritual practice, 
It can be going to church, you know, religiously once a week or dedicatedly <laughs> once a week. It could be like meditating every morning. It could be going to AA meetings, you know, so spiritual practice can can be so many things for so many people, maybe giving up alcohol for 30 days or, you know, starting a new exercise routine, you know, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. So spiritual practice can mean a lot of things. But but one of the ideas in spiritual practice is that there's a sense of heat or tapas that comes out of it, this kind of friction, you know, and that friction is like what helps us to grow and and helps us to kind of like unearth, you know, our inner radiance um, and that, to help us shine in life. Um, and, and a lot of us run away from that friction and we blame our teachers, we blame our counselors, we blame um, people in our, in our networks. We, we are very easy to blame others. And unless we're really willing to accept, you know, this kind of cherished belief <laughs> of accountability, we can never really grow because then we're always kind of constantly pointing the finger outwards. Uh, in life. And my second uh, rule or, or guideline is don't complain and don't explain. <laughs> and I bet you'll never hear another yoga teacher say that they'll come up with other things, but, but, but that's, I'm very unique in that way. Okay, Ernie, especially that second rule, like don't complain and, and don't explain. Um, yes. Could you elaborate a little bit more when it comes to when it comes to like that mindset a little bit? Yeah, I mean, like not complaining is a very powerful spiritual practice that for many of us, we have habit patterns in place and our habit patterns, you know, create our personality, which then ultimately create our life. And so if we want to change our life, we need to start changing, you know, little habits. And a lot of people get very ambitious and say, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this. You know, you, we don't need to do that. Just kind of do micro changes. And, and for me, the don't explain, don't complain kind of rule is like so micro and yet so profound because so many of us immediately go into, you know, complaining about something or, or feeling like we have to explain ourselves. Like I, I would just prefer coffee with cream because of blah, 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 blah. Or I don't eat meat because of blah, 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 blah. You don't have to say all that stuff. Just say, I don't eat meat. Boom. You know, or I don't like that. And it just, it, it allows us to just say what we mean and mean what we say. And it also allows us to have more clear, concise, and direct communication. I, I, I like that point, Aaron, like, especially because being more direct like that, it, it, like you said, it does create like that clear, concise communication. Uh, I know for myself, I definitely have had that habit of just over communicating you know, or over explaining, like I'm doing this because of this, 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 this. And that can be very exhausting. It can be very tiring. <laughs> and just being direct and honest, practicing that can really help solve a lot of things, you know, and, and for yourself, you know, so that way you're not as stressed with trying to explain everything to everybody. So I really like that last piece of, of not only the second rule, but also the first rule too. Yeah. That accountability is also very important as well. Being honest with yourself, being able to reflect on yourself, you know, things you're doing well, things you want to work on. That accountability is is very important. And we yeah. and we cannot lose that. Um, like you said, like we love to point the finger at others and blame others for our wrongdoings. And some some situations are pretty valid, but you know, everybody, everybody though experiencing anything, you know, you need to have your own sense of account accountability for all of that. So I really like those two rules, um, Aaron, and and I can definitely see why you've been able to run a, run a very successful yoga teaching practice for quite some time now. Because I know you mentioned five years in Costa Rica, um, but how long have you been a yoga teacher overall? I started teaching. Uh, I've been teaching for almost thirty years, and I've actually owned um, Blue Osa, which is. Well, let me back up a second. So I moved to New York in 2001. Um, before that, I had sort of been teaching yoga on and off, 
it really wasn't like a career path. And then I decided like, I mean, that's a whole story about how I ended up in New York, but I basically picked a, picked up the, the world map and said, you know, spun it and my finger landed on New York basically. And I moved to New York just to teach yoga. And that kind of led me to opening up a studio. Um, when I moved to New York, I moved there with like no money. So I really started from nothing and then started like this kind of big movement, if you will, um, in yoga that kind of led me to doing retreats around the world. And one of the places I ended up was in Costa Rica. And then from Costa Rica, I, um, uh, moved here in 2010. So this is, we're entering our 14th uh, year of business right now at Blue Osa. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a nice life if you can get it. <laughs> oh, definitely. You know, and, and like that. Like my apologies for saying five. That's definitely a very long time. You know, you've been in the field and stuff. So the fact that you've been in there for so long, it just shows you again the the rules that you go by. It's it's working. It's helping people, and that's that's definitely really good to see. I just want to add one little thing to that. Is that you know, a lot of people say like this yoga stuff is woo woo and, you know, they, they make all kinds of, you know, explanations about why they don't do it. But, you know, in one of the words of my teacher, you know, you follow the practice and people say, well, how do you know if the practice works, teacher? And I always <laughs> whenever anybody asks me that in my yoga studio, I just turn around and say, look. The practice works. <laughs> you know, these guidelines work if you use it. And um, but you have to use it and you have to work hard. And one of the paradigms I think that doesn't get talked about enough in the yoga world, especially in the yoga world, because people think like if you're spiritual, that means that you have to sit around all day smoking weed or or doing nothing or being passive. But yoga is actually the practice of becoming actionable in life. And I don't think that gets enough press. Um, but yoga is the practice of taking actionable steps and doing work. And and we look at like the great teachers of yoga and they all said the same thing. Go out, you know, work hard in life, do your duty. And this is not a practice for sitting around uh, doing nothing. So, but the practice does work and, you know, <laughs> I don't have my beautiful view that I normally point to, but you can get the picture. <laughs> hey, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Of course, of course. And Aaron, I really like that piece of wisdom as well, because I definitely think that is definitely a topic that needs to get more press, like you said, of when we think of spirituality, like you like you mentioned, like a lot of spiritual practices, you mentioned the term like woo-woo and also like very just like you're supposed to relax and like the practices, they help you with relaxing, but in terms of the productivity and the stuff you need to do, like that does not stop. Like we need to continue to be productive. We need to continue to put ourselves out there in the world and and be our best selves, do the things that we enjoy and we love doing. Um, so I definitely think that is definitely a, a, a good spot on point that there needs to be more press when it comes to that. So definitely. 
Um, but Aaron, I just want to say I really appreciate our first, the first like main part of our conversation. Just before like before like we wrap up this first part and we transition to the next part of our conversation, I know you mentioned your book. Um, when it comes to your book, I know that's definitely a journey. You know, trying to create the book and stuff. Can you talk to me a little bit of that process, like what led you to the book and and the process of even creating your own book? So for the record, I've actually written two books. My first book was my autobiography, which is called Autobiography of a Naked Yogi. And then this book, which is called Stop Stretching, A New Yogic Approach to Master Your Body and Live Pain-Free. I would say that my second book was a lot easier than my first. My first book took me eight years to write, basically. And a lot of like putting it down, coming back, putting it down, not sure, you know, a lot of self-doubt. Um, I, I can write like a 3,000 word essay pretty quickly um, on a, you know, a topic I'm passionate about. But writing about myself was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um, and, and like I said, it took me eight years and the book is not that thick, you know, it wasn't that many words, but there was a lot of self-doubt in that journey and just kind of wondering like, who's going to want to read this and are people really going to find this interesting? But <laughs> with my second book, um, Stop Stretching It, it did happen a lot faster, mostly because I had, uh, written a lot of the, um, the content beforehand and um um and the uh it just was like when we decided to start putting it together it just all sort of came together like really effortlessly so um it was just very easy to do that Okay, I got you. And, and, and that's, I just first, I just want to say thank you for your honesty, you know, especially I can imagine that first book, you know, just like writing about yourself. Um, I know I've had to do, I had to do an assignment for I'm trying to remember for one of my classes in, in graduate school. And that was definitely a very stressful time period for me. It was just writing about yourself, being honest about yourself. It was definitely a big challenge. So as you were describing that, I was like, yeah, I can definitely relate to the challenges of that because it's it's hard to write about yourself. I could write research papers like on the fly, but then when yes. it came to writing about myself, it was such a challenge. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's not easy. And, you know, I would just say to anybody who's wanting to write a book, I mean, just you just got to do it and, and find your kind of like way of doing it, which is not easy, of course. Um, but it is, you know, it, you get support, get people around you. And, and one of the things that I've been very fortunate about is always in my life is to create like a lot of support networks around me that, you know, people that really, truly um, cherish me and then also want to see me succeed. And that's, that's also been a huge part of I'm, my own personal success. If you want to say that is just having people around that really help lift me up. And I, that's, I can't stress that enough. <laughs> Hold me accountable. <laughs> uh, of course, Aaron. And I definitely think that is a perfect transition to our next part of the conversation. So I know we talked a lot about your journey and I really appreciate your open openness to sharing your experiences and also just challenges you've had to go through, whether that's through your career and also through creating your book and stuff. Um, I know you mentioned towards the last of your last part of your answer, just some qualities, you know, people holding you accountable, yeah. uh, like the people around you. Um, so my first question is, what are some things that you really look for in a friendship and even like a romantic partner? I look for congruency, probably more than anything. Uh, whenever I meet somebody, whenever I um whether it's romantic or whether it's just personal, like as a friend or, or, or an acquaintance or a business person, I'm always looking for congruency. And what that means to me is like, do they mean what they say or, you know, are, is what their actions are matching uh, their words? Because a lot of people say a lot of things, but their actions don't necessarily 
align with that. I'm always reminded, I think it was Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson that said, who you are speaks so loudly, I can barely hear what you're saying. So I'm always paying attention to what people do and how they are rather than what they say. So that's that's probably first and foremost. Um, and then also like, I'm a very much a listening kind of person. I'm, I take a big interest in people. And so I kind of, as I've gotten older, I've been starting to pay attention to that. Like, do people reciprocate, you know, and how do people reciprocate? And everybody reciprocates differently. So I think it's important not to put too much, I guess, expectation on it. But because we do that a lot, we project our expectations. So I'm careful not to do that per se, but also like, are they reciprocal in the way that they listen and, and also kind of care, you know, show, showing care back. <laughs> of course, Aaron, and those are definitely some great qualities to look for in a friendship and even a romantic partner too. Uh, I like your term congruency. It's definitely a term that really stands out to me. And obviously, you know, like relationships, you know, it's, it's a lifelong journey. You know, we're learning things about ourselves when we are in relationships, whether that is with a friendship or even romantic partner, there's definitely a lot of takeaways you learn, you know, through your relationships. Um, talk to me a little bit about your journey and some things you've had to learn throughout your own relationship experiences, you know, helping between helping others, friendships, and even like romantic partners. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what have I learned? I've learned so much. Um, I think one of the things that I've learned a lot is like, you know, whenever I'm pointing a finger at somebody, three are always pointing back at me. And uh, so that's one thing I've learned. I've also learned, like, I always tell people my greatest two lessons in life are learning compassion and learning patience. I think I've got the compassion thing worked out, kind of. Um, through a lot of my own sort of the battles I've had to face. Um, I think the biggest one was when I was, you know, in my younger years, I used to get really impatient with like slow people um, and, and probably not so compassionate towards slower moving people. And then, and then I got hit by a boulder in the Himalayas and had to have a group of people carry me 27 kilometers to help and and then going through that healing process after that um and it kind of made me aware of how much i am going to be i'm going to use accountable language right now but how much i i think have gone through life like saying you know judging others or saying to other people like you should be like this or you should be like that but never really walking in their shoes and I think that, you know, through divine intervention, I was forced to like experience what it was like to literally be disabled <laughs> and, um, and have to kind of experience what it's like to have that experience in life differently. It made me see life, oh my God, so differently. Um, and to the point where I, I just, I have so much empathy now for people that struggle as, as they go through their life and in whatever way that they're having to deal with their body and their um, issues. So being compassionate and being patient. Patience is still something I'm working on. Um, I have to just say, like, as a teacher, for some reason, you know, divine intervention, again, gave me a lot of patience as a teacher. But everywhere else in my life, it kind of disappears. <laughs> and the one big place I always th sometimes I think like, oh, I'm becoming a good yogi. I'm becoming a better person. And then I, I get in my car and start driving. And then I find out I'm not such a good yogi anymore. <laughs> Of, of course, Aaron. And, and I always found that interesting, too, especially like with people that do a lot of teaching and helping other people when it comes to like when they're teaching, like they're very patient. But then in their personal lives, uh, it definitely it definitely can lead. I mean, obviously, like we all reach a point, you know, we can only be patient for so for so much, you know. Yeah. Um, but whether that's driving or some like, you know, other things, too. But 
the main takeaway through everything, you know, is we're constantly learning through our relationships, through our interactions with people, just new things about ourselves. And it's really good that you've taken the steps to reflect, you know, you've built that compassion, you've learned and you realize some things, you know, like building that empathy for other people, understanding their own perspectives because of the certain situations you went through, like getting hit with that boulder at the time, it must've been very, must've been very life-changing for you. You know, like, like you said, like you're, or or go-getter, you know, like you're very fast moving. And then that situation happened and you had to really like slow down. And that was something you've really had to learn. So you're, it's just seems like through your experiences, you know, like you're, you're constantly learning new things about yourself, which is really great to see. So I just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. I think also like, you know, one of the other big lessons I've learned, especially in relationships, but I think even in the broader sense, is, you know, which has become sort of one of my mottos in life is seek first to understand. And I just, I, anytime I kind of hear somebody I disagree with now, or they say something like that makes my like skin crawl or, you know, whatever, like I just kind of feel that flame of, of disagreement inside of me. I immediately like quell it and just turn to them and say, tell me more. Because I really want to try and understand, you know, where you're coming from. And and that's kind of helped me to, it's actually doing that has changed a lot of my viewpoints on so many things. And, um, and, and not to be such a rigid person in some of the things that I think or the ways that I believe uh, certain things. Definitely, definitely. And it, and just like just like I like I mentioned before, you know, it's just that you're constantly learning because everyone has their own perspective on things, you know, and we're never going to 100 percent agree with everybody. Yeah, it's, we're constantly, especially for you, you know, being a teacher, like you're constantly meeting people from different perspectives, different ways of life, you know, different, you know, they always bring your, their own unique perspective on the things and you're just constantly learning. So it's definitely good to see, you know, as as a teacher, like being able to keep an open mind, uh, try and understand where they're coming from and learning some new things too. That's definitely really nice to hear and, and to say. Yes. Um, but my, but my last question, just wrapping up this, this part of our conversation, and I really appreciate your honesty and openness through your experiences with relationships and also just like life in general, when it comes to advice, you know, let's say someone is struggling in a relationship or they're in a clash, you know, in their relationship, What's some ad- what's some advice that you would really give to them, you know, to, you know, just like work on that relationship and also like, you know, figure out what is like what's really going wrong in that relationship, if you get what I'm saying with the question. Yeah. I, it's that I mean that's a tricky question because I think it just depends on on, you know, the person and and what situation they're in. Um I mean, sometimes it's, I, for me, I think that we're conditioned in, in this world today to run away from relationships so easily. And, and there's just, we, the ability to have new relationships, whether it's friends or romantic has become so easy. And, you know, it's not like in a hundred years ago where we lived on this remote farm and we're forced to stick with each other thick or thin and that ability to leave a relationship today has never been easier. You know, the only thing that stops us mostly now is is our emotions, our emotional attachment. Um, and we are able to disregard that. So, I, you know, but I, I also say this without judgment because I don't know people's different, you know, situations. But I would just say, like, stick in it as long as you can to kind of get what you what you came for. And maybe, maybe at the end, when you come out on the other side, you find out what it is that you really need. And maybe that person is the right person. You know, we're so stuck on, on this idea of of Mr. Right. And, um, and now, and then we get into that cycle of Mr. Right now, <laughs> but relationships are, are not easy, um, because we have to work, not because we have to work with the other person, because we have to work on ourselves and, 
and learn to be accommodating with the other person. And it also comes back to, I think, seek first to understand, you know, understanding the other person and really, really hearing what they're going through and and being a witness to their pain and their struggle. Um, and, and it kind of, that has been something that has helped me to overcome my own sort of ego um, and sense of, of what I think, how I think things should sometimes be going. Yeah, Aaron, I just want to say that's a, that's some great piece of advice, you know, and, and I, and my apologies with the question, cause I know like it can depend on so many situations and scenarios and, um, yeah, I definitely think your answer was really spot on though, you know, like just relationships, no matter what relationship you get into, it's going to be a lot of work. You're going to put in a lot of work, not only for the other person, but for yourself too. It's a relationship, it's two people, you know, and, and that's going to be a lot of work. Like there's going to be mistakes throughout the relationship, like no relationship you're going to go into. Are you going to meet someone that checks every single box perfectly? You know, like that's just not, that's just not like realistic, you know, and there's going to be moments where your relationships are going to hit some blocks and you got to be able, if you want to stay in a relationship, put in the work, you know, it all depends on the situation, obviously, but generally speaking, like relationships, it takes so much work, you know, and, um, those are some things that I, I really, I got from your last answer. So that was some great piece of advice. Of course, of course. Now, Aaron, before we wrap up everything, you know, for this last part of the conversation, I always love to add a little astrology element to the podcast. And like I mentioned before, I really appreciate just your honesty and openness to from your advice to also just being open for like, you know, like and honest with yourself and your experiences. So I really appreciate that. Uh, but when it comes to your astrology chart, I always like to start with this first part. So this reading, it's according to the horoscope.co. It's a, it's a really fun website. Uh, all it does is I just Google your sun and moon. Um, your sun sign is obviously like your ego to the core, like your core roots. Your moon is your inner world. So it's all about like your emotions and, and what's going on inside. So it's really cool. You have your sun, which is the ego, and then you have the moon, which is the inner world. Uh, so for, for you, Aaron, you are an Aquarius sun. Pisces moon, and it says an unconventional personality. So as I give this reading, it's going to give positives, negatives, perfect partner and advice. And once I'm done reading, just let me know how you feel about everything. So <laughs> I should have said that first. My apologies. My apologies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for your reading, it says an unconventional personality. So again, you're an Aquarius sun, Pisces moon. So eccentric and fascinating, the Aquarius sun, Pisces moon personality raises more than a few eyebrows, but deep inside, these people are affectionate and have simple needs. When it comes to positives for your sun and moon combination, very responsible, original, and sophisticated. Negatives can be questioning, restrained, and skeptical at times. Perfect partner, someone who accepts their eccentricities. Sorry, took me a little bit to pronounce that word. And word of advice. Uh, for your sun and moon combination to be careful about the quality of their perception. So as I give you your positives, negatives, perfect partner and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? I mean, it's, it's pretty bang on. That's, I mean, I don't know if you could have read another sun sign or, or, you know, another combination and I would have went, Oh, that's me too. But, um, I'm very eccentric, but it took me a long time to accept that part of myself. And um, yeah, there was like a few other things that you said. I was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and just like I tell everybody, you know, when it comes to astrology, just view it as like another tool in the toolbox, you know, to understand yourself, you know, and yeah. um, just continuing when it comes to your chart. Um one of the things that's very important in astrology for, for people just starting wanting to get in. Um, so I know I mentioned your sun and moon, but there's another part like your rising sign. So this is the type of energy you want to present to the world. You know, it's uh, your rising sign is your first house, which involves the house of self. So like I mentioned, this is the energy you want to present to people, the energy you strive towards. And I can tell from our conversation just, 
I already, before I looked at your chart, I had a feeling of what your rising was going to be just by the way, like you present yourself and you talk about yourself, you know, and yours is in Sagittarius. So Sagittarius is a, is a very like Sagittarius is a, is a philosopher. So these people are very like passionate people. They're very free spirited. They really like to like, but they have that philosopher act like, quality to them so like they like to teach and help others too so it's like you love to learn and learn so much new information but then you also want to teach that amongst others and be there for other people sagittarius is the it's one of the signs that's very optimistic about the world and optimistic about people and very social about people so to have that as your rising sign that's definitely like the energy you want to present the people, the energy you strive towards. Um, so when I mentioned when I all, all that I talked about when it comes to that rising sign, how do you feel about that overall? <laughs> yes. I'm definitely a philosopher. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been like that since I was in since um high school. I remember I started like a little um kind of like new age self-help club where I would lead people through guided relaxations and talk about the meaning of life and, um, you know, goals and purpose and vision boarding. So, and that part has always been um, a part of my life. Even when my mother has a picture of me when I was about four years old and I lined up, and this was back when we were going to church and very religious, but we had all of my, I had all of my stuffed animals um, lined up and I would be giving like Sunday service to them when I was four years old. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so you're helping people literally from, from the get-go, which is, which is great to see, you know, um, I bet you those are some like lifelong stories, you know, that you and your family always, you know, share and cherish. Like remember when you were four and, and you just wanted to help people, um, <laughs> definitely um one of the because there's a couple other things too that stand out in your chart that i want to just highlight um first just when it comes to i know you mentioned in your answer especially about relationships you talked a lot about how you need you're still working on that patient aspect right and and venus in our chart so venus is the planet of like love obviously so it's like qualities we look for in partners and also challenges we could present to ourselves in our relationships. And your Venus is in Aries. So Aries is a very fiery, self-starting, passionate type of energy. But the thing with Aries is they move so fast, right? Because they're they're like go-getters, they're self-starters, they're motivators, very ambitious, you know. And if you have too much of that ambition, you know, it can it can lead to a lot of impatience. Um, so when I saw that in your chart, I wanted to highlight that right away. And house numbers, so house numbers, they tell you where you're going to feel the energy. Um, and your Venus is in your fifth house, which involves like the creation aspect. Creation can be, you know, whether that's the physical creation, but also actually like creating art and expression. You know, creativity can also be problem solving. It can be anything. It's the idea of creation, you know. Um, so when it comes to that, especially in relationships, I know you mentioned impatience beforehand. How do you feel about that overall when it comes to that, whether that's impatience, ambition, that drive in your relationships? That's funny you say that because I always tend to attract people that are are a little slower um, in life um, and uh, a little bit more set at entry. <laughs> and I always find like that interesting. And I'm like, why am I always attracting these people? Probably because I need to be grounded a little bit more, you know? Um, and they're of course attracted to me because I am very fiery and I'm making you know, hashtag making shit happen. <laughs> so, so I, yes, absolutely. That's really funny. How you name <laughs> Of course, of course. And just one of the last things, cause I know when it comes to anyone's astrology, Charlie, we could probably do a whole separate podcast on it alone. Uh, cause there's like so much, there's so much you can look into it. 
Um, one of the last things I just see from your chart right away, just from a quick first glance, is you have at least you have four placements in your third house. So your sun sign, your Mercury, your north node, and your, as I'm looking, and another planet, my fault, yeah, because there's so many. So you have four placements in the third house. So your third house involves local community, communication, peers, colleagues. So it's like a lot of people in your local community. Also, communication is a very big aspect in here. And your sun sign is in the third house. So when it comes to that communication and building like that sense of local community, have, has that been something you've been very passionate towards? You know, that ego is really like it really fuels your ego, you know, when you are communicating, when people communicate well, obviously, and also like that local community aspect. Yeah, I mean, I've always been trying to create community all throughout my life. When I was a child, um, it was sort of present, mostly because of church and, and the way my family raised me. And then I went to a boys boarding school. Um, and then when I moved to New York, I created a yoga studio, which was really like a home base for a community. Then I moved to Costa Rica and opened up a yoga retreat center, again, community. So it's always been a main driver uh, in my life. Um, and then, of course, communication. Um, it's yes. I mean, Aquarians are known to be the communicators of the universe. So I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, with Aquarius energy, it's all about that humanitarian work. Like, you know, like Aquarius is generally speaking, because we mentioned a lot, like you have a lot of other signs in your chart. But one of the core qualities for Aquarius is, you know, like they love to think, you know, bigger picture, like future oriented, you know, how am I going to affect the group instead of just one individual person, you know? Um, so that's one of the core qualities that Aquarius have, you know, they they tend to think bigger picture and they look for more of how can I help multiple people instead of just helping, you know, one person, you know, Absolutely. So, um, definitely, definitely. But Aaron, I just want to say thank you for a wonderful conversation, your openness and also being, you know, open to share your own astrology chart. I know it can get very personal, so I really appreciate <laughs> everything. Uh, where can everybody check out your work, your books and all that fun stuff? Yeah, everybody. And basically go, well, two things. One, go to Amazon and search Stop Stretching. Um, my book will pop up very quickly. Um, but also the kind of gateway to a lot of, there's a lot of free practices that I have and pain-free practices um, on my website. So yogiaron.com, A-A-R-O-N. And yogiaron.com is the gateway to everything. Um Yogi Aaron and pain-free practices. Perfect. And, and I'll make sure again, Aaron, I'll make sure to put the links to everything in the show descriptions. That way you guys can check out all of Aaron's work and all that fun stuff. Um, but Aaron, I just want to say again, thank you for a wonderful conversation. And please stay safe all the way there in Costa Rica. Thank you so much, Joshua. I appreciate it.